This is episode 159 with Michael Jacobson. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. Success leaves clues and failure leaves clues. Those clues are opportunities for us to gain inspiration and direction in our own lives and excel beyond our greatest visions and help us live our best lives. I'm always inspired by successful people who are also fulfilled and happy in life. They've got harmony. They're proof to us that we can have what we want across all domains, even though life keeps throwing massive fucking challenges and adversities at us. Michael Jacobson is shining his inspirational light in this space, and it's the second time I've had him on this podcast. So Michael is a serial entertainment entrepreneur who co-founded and co-owned a global multi-billion dollar entertainment empire. He co-produced Dirty Dancing, the stage show, which has grossed over US $1 billion and is also a passionate teacher and mentor to entrepreneurs and business people globally. He's also the TV host for a show called Nothing Ventured on the Your Money channel. Michael's genuine, authentic approach to entrepreneurship sees him bringing energy, heart and soul to business and he has surrounded himself with like-minded individuals and created his book and tapped into the commonalities of highly successful and influential people who are living fulfilled lives. The book is called Entrepreneurs, Mavericks and Empire Builders and that's what we talked a lot about in the first episode but I wanted to bring it up uh, again. That was two years ago uh, because it's a really good book and it dives into some awesome areas with awesome people and you can purchase it on Amazon or Booktopia uh, or, or online at most major bookstores and I'll link that into the show notes of this episode. So in that first episode, that was number 119 and we covered the mindset of fulfillment, why entrepreneurialism is a spiritual pursuit, the rare combination of factors that lead to success, the formula to help you establish your passion and why it's a crucial factor of fulfillment and success. We talked about why Jimmy Barnes offers a unique influential insight into fulfillment and success for all of us and why taking action and complete responsibility are the most important elements you must endure to lead you to fulfillment. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend you do. Even if you listen to this one first, go back and listen to 119. I had a lot of good feedback from that. In this episode, in this latest episode that you're about to listen to, we discuss the main clues Michael has learned from successful leaders and entrepreneurs to help them live fulfilled and successful lives. What Michael's consistent habit and routines are that allow him to sustain success and happiness in his life. We discuss how zero-based thinking can change the trajectory of your career and life for the better. Why you must prime your skill of focus and how Michael does this for himself. Why a mindset of experimenting is crucial in business. We discuss how COVID lockdowns have helped him leverage the challenges as opportunities to become the best version of himself. He lives in London. He's in his second, maybe even third lockdown, actually, so they've copped it pretty hard. And we discuss many other wisdom-filled discussions around habits and mindsets of successful leaders in companies or their own businesses. If any of these topics spark your desire around the mindset, around breaking through barriers, about really achieving and even going beyond what your goals and visions were and what you thought was possible. If any of these topics spark your desire to create breakthroughs and improve your personal success, I'm now taking on a limited amount of people with my own one-on-one life performance coaching where we do the work, 
on everything that's covered in this episode to help set you up for personal fulfillment, resilience, and personal success. Like I said, far exceeding your goals and visions and just loving the journey, loving every step of the way. Having that work-life balance, bringing that harmony into reality. You can read testimonials and more about the work that I do at brettrobbo.com or if you're keen to jump on and claim a space because the spaces are limited, you can email me directly or message me on social media to lock in a chat so we can discuss the best plan for you. So remember that places are limited. I only take on a few clients per quarter and it's all done online so you can be based anywhere in the world. So you can email me info at brettrobbo.com or on Instagram at brettrobbo1 or on Facebook, Brett Robbo Coach. Now at the end of this episode... I jumped onto Instagram Live with Michael and asked him the bonus question. So I do that sometimes with guests. He didn't know what I was going to ask, but I'm going to tell you now so you can jump on and, and watch it because it was really cool actually. I said, based on your lifetime of experience and also working with hundreds of other highly successful people, what's your advice of what not to do to be successful in life and in our business or career? And his answer was brilliant and we jammed on it for, I don't know, five to ten minutes. It was really cool. He just went with what he knows and it was very aligned with everything like what comes out of this chat in this episode. I've saved that clip to my Instagram TV. So if you jump onto my profile at brettrobbo one you'll find it there. If you're not following me on Instagram or Facebook, please do. Please come and join me there. I'm sharing a lot more content over there and I'm doing more lives on both channels and just enjoying giving everyone more free value and some laughs along the way with you uh, sharing our life here in Sweden at the moment uh, in the ice baths, chasing elk away from apple trees, getting frozen boogers from my nose breathing only 20 kilometer skis out in the beautiful Swedish wilderness. So there's a bit of fun but a lot of value around living optimally and a lot of the mindset work that I do too. So at BrettRobbo1 on Instagram or BrettRobboCoach on Facebook. Okay, now let's hear from the legend himself, Michael Jacobson. Michael, welcome back to Your Life of Impact. Thanks, Brett. It's good to be back again. It's been uh, almost two years, actually, two years in April it will be since we had you on the podcast. And I know that because that was when your book came out. It was, I think it was the April the 29th, 2019. I released the episode on the same day as your new book came out. You did. That's right. Yeah. Hard to believe two years has flown by. But uh, yes, I do remember that very clearly. And we've had some good feedback on that episode. And as I said in the intro of encourage people to go back and listen to it and people have messaged me afterwards saying how much they how much value they took from your book and how much they really enjoyed that episode so yeah thank you for that and hence why you you're coming back on mate because you provide an abundance of value i loved the time with you but i can't be selfish and just bring you back on because i love connecting with you but when the audience also said and the listeners said they loved it and they want to hear from you it's a no-brainer it's amazing well i loved it too so i'm looking forward to getting into it how has your journey been in the past couple of years in relation to in relation to the book, I guess, but being an established author now? And I'm interested to hear what you've learned through that journey, more so from people's feedback of the book, like what what their greatest takeaways or aha moments were from from that book and what you've learned in that process. Well, look, I love, I actually enjoy the process of writing and I enjoy uh, the process of a lot of people say, well, you know, it doesn't take you years to write a book and you know, maybe it should, maybe if I was Stephen King or, or Jeffrey Archer, it probably <laughs> should if I was getting paid 20 million a book or something. But the fact of the matter is it took long enough, but I enjoyed the process of taking the time off the day-to-day business. And and it was a great, it's a, it's a great, um, it's a great activity and you actually digest or sort of uh, distill your own thoughts and put them down on paper. So it's actually a learning experience for yourself to write the book about what what you know and how you view things. So it was really very valuable. But then, so far as writing books um, and, and and publishing them, yeah, I really enjoy it. I'm all for blogs, I'm all for social media, do all of that. But the actual process of writing a book is really nice because it condenses, you know, your it condenses yours or, or anyone's knowledge about about a particular subject at a moment in time. And it's and it's a you know it's a perennial reference point. 
And that's that's what people that you know people people like that. And uh, I think also you know there are there are a lot of people who like to be able to dive in dive into a book. It's a resource. It's vetted by a publisher. It's got you know a degree of a degree of uh, checking and credibility to it. And 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 people above all with with entrepreneurs, Mavericks and Empire Builders, where we interviewed over twenty business and, and social and financial leaders around the world. People just enjoyed the stories and they just enjoyed hearing people riff and, and talk. And, uh, and that's, that's, that was, and as did I actually, when I was interviewing them. What with that, that enjoyment of the stories too, but was there anything that sort of came back from people that you didn't expect or that was more the common aha moment from their greatest takeaways? And the reason I ask that is because, the I think as a coach or a leader or a speaker or an author in an industry, it's always interesting to get people's perspective of what they take on board with what we put out there because what yep. what you might expect people to perceive of your work can actually be very different because of the fact that every human will have a different perspective of things. Yeah, absolutely. I think that yeah, you're quite right. And uh, it's very interesting everybody that reads that reads the book, you know, everybody forms their own their own points of view. Some people naturally resonate to to different, obviously different interviewees, and and and, and depending upon what what part of their their own journey or what sector they might they might be in. But what I the the biggest sort of feedback that I received for for that book and for my previous book, The Business of Creativity, was that it was was written in a conversational style. Um, and, uh, you know, um, maybe, maybe again, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just because that's how, that's just how I write. I, I enjoy the process and I try and write as if I'm coaching, as if I'm talking and, and people really sort of have commented, well, it was surprisingly easy to understand those concepts and even the, you know, sort of complicated people that you might've interviewed, you know, their concepts, obviously a lot of the, a lot of it was in their own words, but the overall way it was presented was conversational and people, uh, really found that easy because obviously you know we're all hopefully intelligent people, but sometimes in the midst of our days of busyness, and especially if you're in business yourself, um, your brain doesn't have the capacity to take on that much more, particularly from a third party. So the tendency is to say, oh, "Well, I'll leave that book till another day. I'll leave that blog till another day because I just got enough of my own stuff." But what people said, "Well, this was really—it's so easy. You know, our brain can just switch into it, even if it's already in." in go 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 mode with our own stuff we can we can just pick it up learn some stuff and go on so so that was that was uh that that's nice uh, gratif- uh, verification from people and i appreciated that and that's what they seem to get out of it well that makes sense actually because what we know around studies of human connection i've done some work with um some psychologists and had some on the podcast that had created you know, material and measuring tools and do a lot of work in that space. But around human connection is that it's conversations that draw people together and create that. And we thrive off connection. And as I'm hearing you say that that was a big thing that people loved about it is that conversational style where it makes me realize, okay, that's actually the feedback that I get on this podcast too. People love hearing other people talk and other people's stories and gain a lot of value from that. And I do too. Yeah, they really do, don't they? I think, you know, because the fact of the matter is that people, especially extraordinary people, they don't, they don't consider themselves to be extraordinary. You know, I mean, you know, just thinking about some of the people I interviewed, for example, Jerry Harvey, who owns the Australia? Well, it's an international chain, actually. Harvey Norman Electronics, which is you know even has physical stores, probably not open now, but you know in Singapore and Slovenia and Australia, thousands of stores. Billionaire, Forbes rich list to the US, uh, the global rich list. But you know he's surprising. He thinks he's a totally ordinary person. You know, and <clears throat> you interview him, and clearly to have built a business of that size, there's something extraordinary. You know, and I'm, I mean to emphasise that extraordinary about you. But but. He's an ordinary person and he thinks of himself as an ordinary person. He dresses as an ordinary person. And at the end of the day, he is an ordinary person, but yet has some sort of extraordinary um, capabilities, extraordinary. The way he thinks must be different. He looks the same as everybody else. He, he, his body is the same. He acts the same. But there's something that differentiates these people. And I think that's where people's stories are interesting because when you when you start to talk to him and, and to other people, when I talk to him about his story, about the tra- trajectory of his life, I'm no psychologist, but I've been, I coach enough people, I'm around enough people to be able to detect patterns and you can hear and you can understand, oh, okay, so that's why you ended up with this much drive. That's why you ended up wanting to prove yourself to this person. That's why you ended up 
you know, so successful. So when you hear their stories, rather than just looking at, you know, their results and this is how much you're worth and this is what you own, then you can really piece together the full fabric of the person and really then take on board what they might have done and more importantly, how they might have thought to, to get to their level of success. Well, and I love it that you put it like that too because he's one example of millions of quote-unquote successful people that we can learn from to switch the comparison into inspiration because when people do just look at the pedestal aspects of athletes or successful business people like that and they might then flip to, well, I'm not as extraordinary as them or they have some sort of gift that I don't and they there's a comparison of I'm not as good as them as opposed to flipping comparison as we know, comparison is the killer of all joy and yep. we can flip that into inspiration and say, right, there's an example of someone who is a human being and can do something extraordinary or extraordinary as you put it, which means I'm a human being. I can also in whatever my passion area is, my skill sets are. So I don't want to be that person, but what are some behaviors and mindsets? Like you said, what, what are some ways that they are thinking that I can bring into my life, my line of work, my passions, my visions, my goals, my family, my business that can take me to the next level. And whether that next level is as high as you want to go as them or not, it doesn't matter, but to just being able to to shift that aspect of it. So that conversational part in reading between the lines of a book like yours is really where the power is not to say, Oh, that was an amazing story. Um, you know, cool. It's like, Oh, there's an amazing example of proof that I can also go far exceed my goals and visions and go above and beyond. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And, and I think that, you know, on the one hand, I believe, you know, to, to an extent, everybody can achieve what, what they want to achieve. On the other hand, I also do believe that every person um, uh, has, has you know, an innate set of, 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 of God-given or natural gifts that, that Our they- Our superpowers. Yeah, that you're programmed <laughs> to, exactly, you're programmed to do. So, you know, perhaps if I wanted to be Prime Minister of Australia or whatever, maybe I could, but probably theoretically I could be. But but I don't think I have the natural gifts for that. And, and as a result of that, I actually don't have the passion for that. So therefore, I probably won't do it. So therefore, why would I put my time, energy and attention into it? So so I think that the key is, and that, but on the other hand, if I, you know, similarly, if I wanted to, uh, you know, go and... Um, um, you know, work out how to, uh, how to, how to do ice baths or, or go and go and bath out in nature. Like I know you do, you know, maybe I'm not going to do it to the, to the extent that you do it. Maybe that's something that about you, but I'm going to ask you about it because I want to know how I can then learn from you so I can do it the best that I possibly can. But then where things really escalate is when you then learn from other people about things that you're already gifted at. So if you're already gifted a business and then you go and learn, you know, what, what, um, um, what Jerry Harvey or what a leading venture capitalist does or what, you know, a, a, amazing people do in your area of gifting, that's when that then can supercharge you because that's that's not just making you, you know, be able to do something you're ordinary at, you know, a little bit better than ordinary or really good. It's making you do something that you're naturally primed to excel at for your, you know, for your destiny almost, you know, for your, for your life path, for your vocation. And that's where... So, so it's great to, to look at all sorts of people and that's that's entertaining. Absolutely, we should do that across everything, including our hobbies. But then when it comes to your your core area, which may some of the listeners it may be business, some people it might be what doesn't you know, it might be sport, whatever it is, you know, that's where you really get serious about taking on other people's habits. On that perspective, I believe that success leaves clues and failure leaves clues. And we can learn mm-hmm. from both. What's some of the clues that you've mapped across your many years of experience in business and entrepreneurship, plus the book and the uh, being the TV host of the show where you're interviewing an incredible list of entrepreneurs and then also coaching and mentoring, which means listening to also leaders, entrepreneurs and business owners. So what's some of the clues that you've mapped across all of those areas? For success, well, or failure. Yeah, what I think, Brett, is that you know, um, success and failure absolutely leaves clues, and and life and business, especially, are a series of it's a series of experiments, and you know, just like uh, and, and business itself uh, is really a it's an act of creation because you're starting with something that doesn't exist. You're starting with an idea. Well, before you get the idea, you're starting with nothing. And then somehow an idea comes into your mind from wherever it does. And then 
you start with an idea and then you, you, you go from there. And then every day when you're building a business, when you're building your life, really, or, or building anything tangible, you're, you're always creating. You're creating something from nothing. You're creating something new. That's what innovation is because to innovate is to do something new. So, um, but I believe, therefore, that that business and, and, and innovation, moreover, is on a par with with science. It's on a par with experimentation and with inventors, invention. So I would put, you know, scientists as in experimental scientists, not also, but the people who are in the lab, the people who have been looking for the corona vaccine, you know, experimental scientists and, and, and inventors, James Dyson, so James Dyson and business people, I'd put them in the same, or entrepreneurs, I should say, put us in the same category because we're all experimenting. Now, you know, nobody expects, I mean, to, for example, to come up with a cure for corona, or the vaccine, I should say, in, in, in nine months. This was an act of unbelievable uh, uh, experimentation because obviously enormous amount of time and resources and, and pressure went into it. But normally to come up with anything, any any vaccine, or it takes a long time because it's a great deal of experimentation. To come up with, you know, any mathematical theory or anything like this, to come up with, a you know, an idea for a new lawnmower or a new vacuum cleaner like James Dyson, it takes experimentation and you're always improving and improving to make it perfect and the same in business so it's even the success and failure leaves clues and there's a whole spectrum in between and the way you improve on that to to move towards the continual continuum of success and improvement is that to view things as an experiment and when you're experimenting um things aren't black or i mean things aren't black or white but but that that leaves clues and then you you always just just moving forward inching forward sometimes leaping forward sometimes having the breakthrough sometimes it doesn't work and you have to go back to square one but if you view it as that that ongoing experimentation which i believe it is because again it's an act of creativity it's an act of invention and that's that's how i like to look at it and i think that's that's a very important uh, thing for people to to know because a lot of it that that can then remove a lot of the fear of failure because you're not going to sit here and say, well, there's no failure. Well, there is failure because if your company goes bankrupt, that I mean, society says that's a failure. But um, the fact of the matter is that still, you know, that, that's a failed experiment. Hopefully nobody got hurt, but it's a failed experiment. What, how, can you fix, how can you fix things for the next experiment? And so that's a failed experiment should. as opposed to I'm a failure if you, if you go through that. And I love that perspective actually. And you know, I think about this now, I, I take that into personal success, so to say, or personal resilience, because a lot of the entrepreneurs, business owners, or leaders in companies that I work with, we're looking at how do we improve their personal success? And that then allows their their business, their company, their career success to also skyrocket in a way that you and I spoke a lot about in the first uh, episode with you is because of the fulfillment aspect and hence why I'm so drawn to, to you and your work and the way you lead. But looking at things... The, back to the clues aspect uh, and and the experimenting is really good because I say to people that we've got our foundational things that we need to focus on to allow us to you know live our best lives like sleeping, eating, so our nutrition, our breathing, uh, our our movement, our mindset, all of those areas. But there's no blueprint because every human being is very different. So it's even experimenting with different ways to bring in. And everyone's lifestyle is very different. Some people I work with have more time than others and some people feel like they have zero time. So we're looking at, okay, yeah. how can we experiment with what we know works best to for humans to not only operate and survive, but thrive and flourish. And one of the clues that I've sort of mapped across uh, success and failure from people who like I said, that have fulfillment as well in, in business and in life is consistency and consistency of the empowering habits and routines that they've experimented with that work for them. So I'm really interested to hear what some of your consistent habits and routines that that you believe support you in being the best version of yourself as, as a father, because you're a father and also a successful entrepreneur or businessman. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think that's an important point, and and uh, absolutely, I know a lot of the people that you work with are leaders. They're, co- they're people working in companies. They're, they're teams. They're people interested in personal growth, and and these subjects, um, you know, really merge with business and with entrepreneurialism. They all merge. But let's pick pick them apart for a minute, and to uh, to answer your question as well about about habits. <clears throat> the fact is that whether you're talking about leadership skills, whether you're talking about being a great executive or whether you're talking about being a great father or a great husband or a great boyfriend or a great girlfriend or whatever. The point is that that 
it's again, it's a process of experimentation, and at some point in our in our lives, we get to a point where we where we have developed enough habits that we say, well, these things these things work, so I'm going to do these consistently. And you know, in some cases, the teenagers think they already they already know everything. They've already <laughs> developed enough habits, and that's you know that's a problem in and of itself. And then that can pop up again, you know, a, a bit later. And then obviously that that. Um, you know that that that's another whole other story. But the fact is that there are at at, at any one stage in life a, a list of habits which which you can list, and some of which I'll list in a sec. Which you can say, well, these are these are what works for me in in this and in business and in love and in in, in leadership and in fatherhood. These things work for me, and I think that's that's really important to know what they are. But secondly, also um, to 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 still have an open mind about belief systems and still go back to that experimentation point of view because you know if you've been in a long relationship for example you know you know everybody pretty much knows what works and what gets you by but but what if you do this what if you do that what if you come home with flowers every day or what if you do this or what if you don't say that or what if you don't put your feet up on the table when you're watching tv what what if you do a few different and shake it up from it what results is that going to that little that mini experiment within this broader institution, what results is it going to get? And it might get a positive or it might get a negative. And then, you know, you can either build that into your consistent habits or not. Um, and, and and the same in leadership. You you having leadership meetings or, or leadership physical meetings or by Zoom or whatever it might be right now, you know, this is the way I always do things is what a lot of executives say. And that works well a lot of the time because that's that's what gives them the fabric of leadership. But but what also within the within the framework of what the company dictates as possible? What can they also do to shake things up a little bit and just open their belief systems? This might work best for this person. This might work best for that person. It's a mini experiment. May or may not work. If it does, then you pack it up and build that into your consistent habits. That's how I see it. But so far as my consistent habits, I believe that um, you know you have to. Um, there's a lot to do in life. There's a lot that I want to do. And even though uh, right now in the UK, uh, you know, we're, we're effectively in lockdown at home all the time, you know, the fact of the matter is my, my days are all pretty full. Uh, they're not always just full just working because that's not balanced. They're full. There's, but there's always stuff to do because I like to live a full life and I've got things that I want to do. But I do think that um, time is an interesting phenomenon because, you know, the fact of the matter is that, that, we're not always efficient with time, but a lot of people don't build. What I like to build into the time to answer your question, I like to build in thinking time. And I like to build in latency to my schedule. And and when I say I'm busy, out of being busy, an hour of that could be just doing nothing. But so so this still takes up an hour. But it's thinking, and it's just letting the brain, the neurons. I don't know the science of it all, but the neurons fire in a different way when you just pull back a little bit. Because we all have those experiences where we're all go, go, go. We've got, I mean, I, I had this in January. You're, you're pushing out and you're putting out a thousand different projects and different things. And suddenly you realize, geez, like, no one's called me about that. I've sent this email. I've got all these things and everyone was engaged. And then suddenly everything's gone quiet. And I always say, well, hang on, what am I doing wrong? And what you're usually doing wrong is that your, your brain's kind of gone on this alpha mode and you're just pushing and pushing and you don't even know it. You're pushing the energy out there. And, and you've got to pull back sometimes, be it for an hour or a day from a project, from life, from your family, and just have some thinking time because not only does a brain fire differently, but, but it shifts the way that you're sort of putting out energy into the world. And, and it just sort of like, it's like a, like a breath of relief. And so I put that, to, I always have that thinking time in my schedule. Secondly, um, I, I, conversely to that, I have time for like hyper-focus. And, you know, if there's something that I really have to do, if I do something that I really need to focus on contracts or, or, or documents or proposals or submissions, you could think about it for three weeks and never do it. But you could say, well, I'm going to do all of these in a superhuman way in two hours. I'm just going to do it. And you can really prime yourself and focus yourself, which I which I do in blocks, you know, after that after that two or three hour period, then obviously you need you need some thinking time. But that's another trick that I use. And then another one is um uh, is something called zero-based thinking, which was coined by Brian Tracy, uh, the best-selling author. And that's really a, a, a tool to use to see if you're making or if you have made the right decisions. And I check in on this all the time. And basically, it goes like this, you know, knowing what I know now about whatever it might be, knowing what I know now about, let's say you're a leader, knowing what I know now about employing, you know, John 
as uh, as the as the director of marketing in my company. Would I would I still make that same decision today? I mean, it sounds ridiculously simple, but that's how Brian Tracy made it. Well, knowing what I know now about about Julie, would I still go into this relationship today? And it suddenly, what it does is, it's, it sounds ridiculously simple. When you think about it, it merges past, present, and future. Because it's not just saying, well, I shouldn't have employed John, or I really wish I never dated Julie. I, it's saying, you know, but knowing what you know now, so it's overlaying your knowledge now on the past, not blaming yourself for the past, but it's what you know now. And then suddenly the clarity about what you need to do in the future, starting like one minute later, is really clear. And so you can make decisions really fast and really clearly. And so I use their, their three tr- tools that I employ every single day, just organically and, and throughout the day. That's brilliant. I want to dive into that a little bit more, but firstly, I need to ask, are you dating Julie? I'm not dating Julie. No, John, 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 John's not my marketing director. <laughs> okay, just so the listeners are so clear, both, you're not dating they're Julie. They're safe, they're safe, they're safe. <laughs> brilliant. No, everything that you've said there is, you know, I talk about some of the, the clues that I've mapped across success and failures of people who live in fulfillment as well is that they have an awareness of a hawk on steroids. And what you're talking about there is you have developed systems and processes in your life to strengthen your skill of awareness. So asking that question from Brian Tracy, knowing what I know now, would I still make that same decision now? That's strengthening your skill of awareness because what you're becoming aware of is lots of different things around where you're at right now, how your decisions have impacted you uh, and what you're going to do about it. And that goes into the radical responsibility aspect. So you ask yourself when you were grinding and hustling in January, for example, and at different parts of your life, what am I doing wrong? So you can point and blame and say, I'm stressed and it's because all these people made me do all of these things. You chose to accept that work. You chose to put it out there. Your question was, what am I doing wrong in terms of, you know, what, what can I go back to? What are the foundations that are supporting me to live that full life with fulfillment, not that full life feeling stressed? So that's that the uh, that's an awareness again, but that radical responsibility that I talked to about. But one that I want to double click on again is the F word that you said, and that's focus. And yep. you're, you prime yourself for focus. I say to people, regardless of whether I'm working with kids in a school or whether I'm working with CEOs or, you know, business leaders or entrepreneurs or anyone in between, the fundamental skill that we need to work on is focus because we live in a world of distractions and those distractions can be technology. They can be world pandemics. They can be toxic people. They can be a work environment, your relationships. Uh, They can also be your limiting beliefs and your negative thought patterns. So priming the skill of focus is about focusing on what is important for you to be the best version of yourself. What's actually important in this moment right now for you to stay in alignment, to come back to and focusing on what we can control as opposed to what we can't control. Um, So I just wanted to ask you, what is it that you do to prime yourself for focus? Because while you're doing that focus task, you've already taken that courageous step to prime yourself. You're already in that focus. What is it that you do personally to prime yourself for focus? Yeah, well, firstly... I think that it's important to um, to actually be aware that you need to focus because it's it, it, everybody, uh, especially people working at companies, are told that you've got to be you've got to be available. To, you've got to be doing this proposal. You've got to be ready. Keep especially when you're working from home, it's no better. You've got to have your phone on in case your boss calls. You've got to be able to respond to this Slack message. You've got to be you know, on Microsoft Teams, and you've got to have all this stuff, and you're told you've got to be all, you've got to do this. You know, you, you can't just say, well, too bad, too bad, boss. You know, um, I uh, I'm, I was writing this proposal. Sorry, I didn't reply to you for four hours because that, you know, quote unquote, you're going to get into trouble in your company. And I understand the way that companies work, and, you know, entrepreneurs have it slightly, slightly differently, although, of course, we still have responsibilities with the other people, stakeholders, shareholders, customers, clients. But the fact is that having all of those things, open and having too many things going on, it, it hypes you, it makes you hyper, right? And, and so you, you, you're, you're literally hyper, you're hyper and you're, you're hyper vigilant. You got, you, you, you might not, you might not even be getting any messages on whatever on WhatsApp, but, but your brain still knows that you might. So there's a part of your brain that's sending 
sending a message saying, hang on, we've got to keep an eye on that WhatsApp. We've got to keep an eye on Slack. We've got to keep an eye on things. Oh, what if the boss calls and what am I going to say to him or her? What? All of that is taking away energy from your focus. And therefore, um, you're not going to be showing up with whatever that proposal is. If you shut all those things down and say, I actually have to focus. This proposal could make me a million dollars. This proposal could get me a promotion. This proposal could change my life with my clients or with 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 my company completely and therefore you've got to say those things to yourself and 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 then you will naturally be motivated to focus and you will say well i i really have to focus and then you actually take the steps to focus you shut everything down and uh, you know you you work out a way and if your boss says well you know i don't i don't want you to shut everything down during that well then do it at night during the morning work around it because your job Unless you, you know, you, you unless you actually don't care about what you're doing, which I would nobody on this podcast would be in that category. Your job is to to nail that proposal, to nail whatever it is that you are doing at that time. You want to do it because if you do that well, it can change the course of your life, and that's a fact. I mean, mm. any any anything that I work on on any one day could change the course of my life at any one time. So I do not want to be doing that in a mediocre way because I really know that, and I've seen enough evidence over my life to see that. So, so it's worthwhile shutting everything down. It's not just about taking a social media holiday. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about saying oh, gonna, I'm going to nail this proposal in the next two hours and I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes to focus on it. And so you've got to direct your focus. Otherwise, the brain's going to just go in a million different directions. You can also think, what am I going to make for lunch? What am I make for dinner? You've got to take all of those executive management. That's the executive management part of the brain, which is a different part of the brain. You've got to get them out of the picture because then – the focus can come in. The focus invokes a creativity. It invokes the innovation. Yeah, exactly right. And that's why I use breath as one of the key factors in that and teaching people certain styles of breathing in certain situations because the busyness in life can often come from the busyness in our minds. And when we've got a chaotic mind, we feel like we've got a chaotic life. So when we can have a calm mind, we have a resilient life. And that resilience is the ability to to deflect all of those distractions and like you said, prime that skill of focus for what's important in that moment because we've all got it within us, similar to the example earlier about using Jerry Harvey as an inspiration and not a comparison. We've all got that skill within us. We can, we, we've all got the potential to be fully distracted within us as well. So it's really, and you, you mentioned awareness while you were explaining that focus. So people listening can start to see how they really overlap. So doing the work on these areas, it's not just like, oh, sometimes I need awareness and sometimes I need focus. They all overlap in allowing you to live in alignment and and to be that best version of yourself for whatever it is you need to focus on, whether it's being the parenting, whether it's the the business, whether it's the community aspect or whether it's just you feeling fucking great in life. Absolutely. Yeah, and you're dead, right. I mean, obviously, yes, it can apply to parenting. It can apply to your relationship. The fact of the matter is, okay, you can't just shut your phone and shut everybody else out for your whole life. But, but you know, if you, if you really want to get a result, and I don't think people always think of it as a result, but, you know, having a great night connecting with your lover or having an amazing day connecting with your kids, it's a result. And that's something that, that's a result that translates to an experience that you'll remember for the next day, week, year, maybe your whole life. And you're not going to remember it if you're not focused. So you've got to train yourself to focus. And and you go, so I'm switching on that focus button now. It's like a light, it's like going, it's turning a light off. I'm switching that button on now, and that's it. How has this skill helped? And if you, you don't do it, if people don't do it, they will get rubbish, rotten results. Sorry, Brett. Oh, I'd never apologize, mate. It's it, you. You talk as much as you want. You can cut me off. But what I was saying is, how has that skill of focus helped you? Now in this time where there's this global pandemic and you live in London and you guys have had a couple of lockdowns and you're in the middle of one right now. So you used to travel the world, you know, we've chatted when you're in Australia, we've chatted when you're in London, I'm in Sweden right now, you're in London, but um, you, you obviously have had a lot of challenges and obstacles thrown at you with COVID. How, how has that experience been for you and how is it right now in terms of one with business, but two also family life, because you've got a couple of boys that you, you father as well. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's like a, uh, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Um, always have to preface it by saying a lot of people have suffered very badly from COVID uh, around the world, but, but so far as, uh, so far as just living with the restrictions and the lockdowns and, and the constant uh, inertia of it, it creates a negative energy in general within just just you know um, tension in in the atmosphere 
atmosphere. You can feel it when you go anywhere, when you go to the supermarket. There's not many places you're allowed to go, but you can feel it when you go to the supermarket. You can feel it when, you, when you're, you know, kids, yes, kids are very frustrated because they can't go to school. And they don't know when they're going to go back to school. And kids traditionally, you know, don't particularly love going to school. I know the mind don't. But they now do because they realise what it actually brings and they come to a prim. And so all of that plus is a general enormous frustration because nobody's allowed to really socialise with, with one another. And some days, you know, uh, you go through the entire the entire day and the only human, the only adult that you ever talk to, not, you know, is, is when you go, when you go to a supermarket or when you go and get a, get a coffee, you know, which are fleeting, fleeting moments that you have with people. But, but that's the only adult sort of human conversation that you have. And you really value it. I've had some actually great conversations recently with, uh, with people that have been making my coffee and they've inevitably turned to, turned to business as well. Um, but, um, you know, so, so the, the, but, but it does create an energy of frustration. And it does create um, that, that irritability. So you do also have to work double time to shut that out because, you know, especially if you're, if you're kind of a sensitive person, you're attuned to, to human nature. I certainly am, and attuned to people's people's moods and their vibes. It just it distracts you, and it's very easy to go down the hole of then getting getting cranky about the whole thing and getting angry and being upset with everybody and you know bashing politicians, which uh, which is fruitless. Because at the end of the day, I like to think that everyone's doing the best job that they that they know how to do and they possibly can do. No one's trying to screw this up. Um, they're trying to do the best job, and the fact of the matter is, no point getting angry with people, and it's not going to change it anyway. So the only thing that I can do, and I realised this when I was, you know, I was commuting between London and Sydney once a month. I had business, well, I still do, but I have business in an office in in uh, in Bratislava, in Slovakia, in Central and Eastern Europe. Suddenly, I can't go anywhere, and you know, it was a big lifestyle change, um, and it did take about a month of of adjustments and and you know, pretty rotten rotten sleep and. Uh, um, you know, uh, a couple of glasses of, of the old wine at night. But after a month, I said, yeah, you know, this is this is not. I can't be like this. To to try and shut it out. To try and shut out. If everything went back to normal tomorrow, it's not like happy. Sorry, mate. People I just were angry and frustrated and cranky a... before. This has heightened it. But it doesn't mean just going a bit robotic and it was just cutting out there when you said tomorrow. Brett? All right. Sorry, mate. I, 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 um, uh, I think it's uh, everybody's at home using the Wi Fi. <laughs> you got me clearly now? Right. Yes, I do now. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we'll pick it up. I think you know. Well, yep. well, this is another thing that's happened, isn't it? We're all trying to work from home with uh, <laughs> with less than optimal uh, internet connections. Not not built for everyone being here all the time. Uh, the fact of the matter is, though, mate, look, you got to shut out this white noise. You got to shut it out, and you got to say, well, you know what? I'm not going to be that guy in in five years that complained and said, well, you know, look at all the problems that that, that the Corona lockdowns caused. I want to be the guy that said, well. You know what, I, it, was, it was a garbage situation and, and pretty difficult for a lot of people and it was frustrating for me, but I, I pivoted my businesses, I made it work and now, you know, uh, I've done a lot of great stuff as a result of that because of it, not in spite of it, not, you know, mm. not, not anything else. So, so that's how I try to view it. No, that's brilliant. And that goes in line with every obstacle as an opportunity. And thank you for sharing that vulnerability of, you know, you turn to having a, an extra glass of red and uh, had your <laughs> shitty sleep for stress. And I think a lot of people did that in Australia. I heard that a lot as well. And, and it's okay. I still got Australian we- red. Still got Australian red as well. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so that's um, just proof that, you know, we do, we can fall back and just when we're in those states of stress and we lose a bit of our focus and we might fall into some bad habits, but then you just turn around and said, actually, uh, this is not who I want to be in the future. So how would that future version of me act now? We're going to use, like you said, in dis- despite of this challenge, whether we're talking about the pandemic, whether we're talking about family, relationship, personal issues, whatever it might be, I always say it's not about what happens in our past that defines our future. Actually, none of our past defines our future. It's how we choose to show up now in this moment and every moment moving forward. Everything in our future is a clean slate. None of it exists. And we get to choose whether we move forward with past experiences as bricks in our backpack that are weighing us down, or we've reframed them and utilized it to be springs in our step as we move forward and use that obstacle 
as the opportunity. I actually did some, I invited previous guests on from Australia uh, quite a bit through our, our uh, lockdown periods because I thought I wanted to get that perspective from people who see things differently and don't get caught in the fear and don't get caught in all the bullshit and don't get pulled down yeah. by the challenges. They utilize them to actually grow stronger. So it's awesome to hear that that's what you've done. Yeah. Too. And you really have to do that. It's not a cliche. You really must mm. do it. You owe yourself a duty, whether whatever you do, whatever your job is in life, whatever you're doing, whatever your role is, father, husband, wife, worker, leader, entrepreneur, you owe yourself that. That's what I work at. You owe yourself and you owe the people around you, actually. You actually owe a duty. I consider that, you know, I owe a duty to my kids, to my family, and I owe a duty to myself and everybody has has the same. And, you know, the, the complaining, you know, to be to, complaining, don't get you there. Complaining and being cranky do not get you where you need to go. They just don't. It's a surefire way to get to, towards the end of your life and be filled with regret. It, a lot, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of it's about perspective and mindset. And, you know, we've all experienced different things in life to have different uh, perspectives and different mindsets. But you do a lot of work in the mentoring space within businesses or with company leaders and entrepreneurs. When you're working with people about uh, business systems and processes or strategy specifically about their business and they have these big goals and visions, how much of what's limiting them? is actually their mindsets or their beliefs as opposed to their systems and processes, for example? I'd say it's the vast majority of what's limiting them. The, 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 the times where I see people that I'm working with, either entrepreneurs or, 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 or leaders within corporations, um, uh, people stumble is, is you know 90% mindset. Sometimes you see somebody who's not truly passionate about what they're doing and maybe they're they're doing it because, you know, if you go back to my example before about, you know, could I could I theoretically run for prime minister? You know, sometimes people are doing things because someone said you should, their family member, their dad, their mum, whatever. We all heard those stories and sometimes people land up doing those, uh, doing things that they think that they should do. And even you look at very high profile examples of that, um, you know, and it can turn tragic. James Packer, the Australian billionaire, who's, you know, it's, it's, a pub, it's a public fact that, you know, he was sort of pushed into the business by his father, Kerry, who was obviously a legendary Australian entrepreneur and it didn't work for him. It has made him very, very unhappy and very uh, mentally ill in his own words. Um, and so you occasionally see that where people have been pushed into something and it ends, it doesn't, you know, they, they're not going to, things will not flow if it's not, if it's not in line with your natural gifting and with what you're passionate about. Not buzzwords, that's a fact. But 90% of the time it's just there not just it is mindset. That's a, that's a fact, and and you can you can unpack mindset in other ways and say, well, it's just the way you think. Some people just think differently. Some people will go out and see the sky filled with half filled with clouds. Some people will see it half blue. It really is the way you think, and the reason why money makes money, and the reason why you know the rich get richer. To use those cliches, that's because that's how they think. It's not a secret. It's not a it's not a magic trick. It's how they think. And, and one bit of success then ingrains their belief system even more. But a lot of people have had that, and you can't blame any of us because nobody teaches, and you know nobody really teaches this. It's it's left obviously to to your parents who who do a, a great job. But but you know you never know what teachers you're exposed to, what peers people are exposed to, what TV stuff they're exposed to, which is you know or, or, or media stuff. It affects people's beliefs, and and then. You know, things in real life affect people's beliefs. People break up with someone at the age of whatever, 18, and they think I'll never love again, or all men are, all men are bastards, or what all these, you know, and then one thing reinforces their belief. And then that's what sooner or later, then their view in life through that prism or love through that prism or business through that prism. So the fact of the matter is that you've got to be so careful with your mind. It's not a fixed, it's not a rigid thing made in cement. It's a it's a dynamic thing that moves the dynamic organism that moves and yeah of course you know if you have a negative situation it's not easy to change your belief system if someone has a bad breakup at 18 or at 80 or any age of course it's going to leave some scars uh, but the fact of the matter is people owe it to themselves whatever their circumstance is to to be consciously aware of that and to to consciously try and move it away and consciously be aware of what is limiting you which could which could usually is whatever the biggest problem is it constantly shows up 
if you're breaking up with people all the time, if you're attracting the wrong men, if your boss is, you know, having a go at you every day and everybody else thinks that he or she is a great person, whatever the thing that it shows up every day is in line with your, with your limiting belief and with your mindset problems or mindset um, deficiencies, so to speak. And that's, that's what you then can, can work on. That's your clue. So with, in regards to that, then if 90% of the stuff that's holding people back in their career goals or their, their business at all or entrepreneurial goals, how much resistance do you experience when people come to you and say, help me with my systems and processes, help me with my strategies here. And then you realize that their biggest problem or not problem, the biggest uh, gap that they can bridge is through their mindset and you approach it in that way. Do you, do you experience resistance from people when they come to you for other things and you heighten that? Sometimes you do. Absolutely. I, I tend to, um, I tend to attract certain type of clients that, that, that are not always stuck in that. But, but I do work with a lot of startups as well in, in, in more of a mentoring capacity with, with other organizations that I work with. Uh, but, but, but that being said, there's still an awful lot of people, even at the highest levels and, and, and uh, um, you know, that, that have them as well. And so, yes, I do encounter them and you can see them straight away. And it's really, again, if, you know, if you're, um, um, you know, if you're an elite, um, if you're an elite athlete, you know, by that stage, you won the Olympics because you, you, you believe that you, you didn't win the Olympics because you believe that you weren't going to win the Olympics. You, you, you've got to start with the assumption that you've got a fighting chance of winning. And most of them have convinced themselves that, that they will win, even though only one person can win any race. Um, they've convinced themselves and they believe it and they go forth on that basis, which is, you know, which is really, not, not that everything's about winning, but everything's about getting your best. So let's let's equate winning with with doing with getting the best result for you that you can. And so if you if you are not um, fully convinced that you're going to get the best result, if you're on the fence about it, uh, then you've got to really check in with 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 what that's about. And I see it a mile away with people because that's that's the most biggest things that we have to work on. People believe that you know. And sometimes people's belief systems can work for them. Sometimes people come and they believe that the world owes them something. My, sometimes it might make them a little cranky, but on the other hand, sometimes that also helps them to push through barriers. So not always are the beliefs just sort of negative, but 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 um, they they are definitely ninety percent of what what holds people back. And the key to dissolving them and the key to getting rid of them in you know in them, in me, in you, and everybody else is being open to it. If you're open to it, you can change it. You can start to work on it. If you're not open to it, well, then, you know, it's, it's a much harder battle to change somebody's mind if they haven't. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And a lot of the work that I do is to help people create clarity on who they are at their best. So not just what action to take, but who it is that they are as the best version of themselves. And some of the work we, we end up diving into is simple things like, are you optimistic or pessimistic? Do you have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset? Do you blame others or do you step into compassion and empathy and take responsibility to communicate and support effectively? And then, so when they choose these areas, so it's pretty obvious what they think will be their best states of being. And when they choose these areas, there's so many other things we dive into as well, but I hold them accountable to committing to these behaviors and these personas because it's not enough to just know who you are at your best and say, yeah, optimistic and growth mindset. Absolutely. It's not enough to just know who you are at your best. You have to be that version. And to be honest, like what you were saying there about the mind not being rigid, this work that I just mentioned there, it's done a couple of sessions into the programs that I work with people because guaranteed that as a human, we all have limiting beliefs or what I call bullshit stories holding us back. So, you know, doing powerful breakthrough sessions with them first on the whiteboard and help them shake the shit out of their belief systems tree, like what you just spoke about, that ensures that they can that move forward with clarity. And like I said before, that spring in their step instead of confusion, the weight of past experiences or perceived failures or perceived judgment, uh, or even just the fear of failures, et cetera, that, that can weigh them down. Everybody needs to realize that that's 100% right. And I think that, you know, everybody listening everybody that hears this i would love if they can actually just not think oh that's interesting that go and actually spend you know 15 minutes delving into it and thinking about asking their family what do you think mine are 
and and working on it and taking mm. taking responsibility. This is not a buzzword. This is a fact, and it's what leads to all of us in any lack of quality in our business, in our life, in our relationships is exactly down to this. And moreover, I also actually just on that, I always I also tell people around me, um, my immediate sphere, you know, relationship, um, um, kids, people that I work with closely, tell me if you think I'm not, you know, if, if you think that something's showing up a negative belief system or if you think I'm not being at my best, I want to know about it today within the hour, if you mm, think that. Brilliant. I don't want you to say, go, go and tell someone else, you know, whatever, like, my, you know, Michael's whatever, or he's, he's, he's in a bad mood, not that I get in bad moods, but, or, you know, he's a bit stressed or whatever it might be, or he's really happy today. Tell me. Don't, don't think about it. Don't, tell me, because then I want to check in with myself. What's led to that? What's led to that, you know, that, that positive spike on the spectrum or that slightly negative spike on the spectrum? Tell me. And people don't always do that, even in relationships. They just get cranky and have an argument or whatever or think, you know, whatever the, the other person's being being a dickhead that day or whatever, rather than rather than thinking, what is it? What's behind that? And and let me tell them and let's break it down. Let's let's work it out. Because then it's dealt with and it's gonna be a major breakthrough there and then. The same in, in, in companies. Whatever, you know, work it work it out. Work out what it is and have a safe space where you can talk to the person about it. And be open to it yourself and tell people around you and then you're going to be the best. Yeah, that's awesome. And thinking about that, what would prevent that from working is the receiver stepping into victim mentality when someone points that out to them as opposed to taking radical responsibility. And I think that's where we see a lot of conflict in personally or in relationships or in workspaces is where people think, oh, I, you know, I know that there's something better within this person and maybe we can help them, but that person on the receiving end isn't opened, isn't aware, and is therefore, if it's approached, can, can react from victim as opposed to respond from that open energy. Exactly. And you're the star of your own movie, but when you're in your own movie, you know, you're not, you're not the one sitting back home watching the movie. You're in the movie, mm. you know, so... So you can't critique your own performance as uh, all the time. Sometimes you need other people, not not third parties that don't care about you, but people that do care about you, and and your coach and people like you, people like me, or your immediate. You need people to be able to critique it, and you and I need it as well. And no doubt we both ask for it and get it. But because that that way, um, you know, you say from that you say you are open to it, and this is not about just everything you know everything that you do or don't do do wrong is about major sort of belief system issues that, that show up from, from one day to the next major, major mindset issues, because then, um, you know, to step into victim mode is, is clearly very common. We, we definitely know that. I see that a lot, uh, w- with people, uh, but all it does certainly, you know, in a business perspective, but their business just goes and, and, and it goes around in circles and circles and does never, never, never goes anywhere. And I find it very difficult to work with those people because, um, you know, that is a victim mentality. No one's trying to victimize anyone. I'm not trying to have a go at them. You're, you know, no one's trying to have a go at anybody about anything. You're actually trying to get the best out of them, the best they can be. That's the yeah. key. Yeah, absolutely. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's what I always say to people at the start of our sessions is my role in this dynamic between me being a coach and, and you – working with me is that my role is to bring out the best of you. So when I ask questions and when I unpack things on the whiteboard and when I challenge you in areas, uh, please know that I suspend all judgment. I have zero judgment of you or your life or what you share. All I want to do is help you bring out the best of you. Yes, absolutely. And that's, and, and, and that when people receive that, when we all receive that in the right, in the, in the right way, as, as it is intended, and when we do that with a determination to overcome any mindset deficiencies that we experience day in day, that's when you're going to supercharge your life. People want to live a great quality life. They want to supercharge their life. They want to get great results, have a great relationship, have a great success at work or, or in business. So do this. It's the number one thing that you can do. It is the number one thing you can do. Work on your mindset, work on your limiting beliefs and be open to working on them. How did you become so open? How did you work on your limiting beliefs? Was it work with coaches over the years? Did you have really good parenting? Was it a mixture of different things? It was a mixture of different things. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I definitely had, I was fortunate to have great parenting. 
and uh, I, I have also um, had some great some great coaches from a variety of uh, walks of life, and I, st- I still work with other people as well because I, you know I, I want to be the best that I can be for myself and for the people that I coach and the people that I do business with. I also work with other people as well to to continually tweak myself, uh, and everybody everybody does that. Actors, even Hollywood stars, have have, mm-hmm. have their own coaches. Even I mean, obviously not even they definitely have their own top athletes. They have coaches. So the fact is that that you must do that. Tiger Woods is a great example, by the way. I mean, look at him when he had his personal troubles; his success went down, and now he's getting more settled in his life. Um, he's improving. I mean, he's a he's a textbook case of mindset. But uh, I, I have just learned that without working on these areas, um, I don't get the results that I want, and I don't get them with the consistency that I want. And so I have to train myself. We can all get cranky about the weather, about the lockdown, about traffic, about anything. That's human. We we whatever. But the fact is, you got to observe it briefly. Um, you know, uh, and, and move on and get on, get, get back on board with what you're here to do. Brilliant, mate. I love it. And we could just keep, keep talking, keep diving into all of these areas, but being uh, respectful and mindful of time and knowing that you're homeschooling and you've got your full life to live. I appreciate you dedicating this time to all of us. So thank you again. Uh, before I've got the final couple of questions, can you just remind all the listeners, where is the best place to learn more about you? You said you've got a blog and uh, you've got lots, you've got your book and everything. Where can people connect with you the best? Online. They can uh, the, the the best place to connect with me is uh, well you know what just go to my website michaeljacobsonofficial.com. Cool, and I'll link that up in the show notes too. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and how can I and the listeners help you on your journey? Are you helping me now because it's uh, it's so great to even um, it's so great to even just uh, have this opportunity to be here. It's great to have this opportunity to to chat. Uh, it's already helped me for my own day. Actually, it's uh, propelled my thinking and got my thinking going in the right direction, which is what you got to do. You have to get your thinking going in the right direction. So this is great. And the final way people can help me is to pl- please do what we've talked about today. I know your listeners probably already do, but but take this seriously. A lot of people talk about, especially mindset, as a as a buzzword. Um, if you don't quite understand even what it means, listen to this again. Google it. Do whatever research you have to do, but take charge of it and fix it please, because that will change your life, your business and your company. Brilliant. I love it. That's awesome. And we're actually going to jump on to Instagram live in a minute for a bonus question. So for everyone listening to this, you can uh, jump on to my Instagram TV. So I will save the live onto there for the bonus question. Uh, so that's at Brett Robo one and I'll link Michael's Instagram on there as well. And also the Michael Jacobson official.com on there for the bonus question. Uh, but before we do, is there anything else that you would like to say to finish up or anything else you would like to to ask me what what would i like to say to finish up um i think that the or, or ask you well look i think that the the, the fact of the matter is that the, these the, these concepts to, the, the, these let me finish up by saying this these are the concepts that i think people should work on every day their mindset their creativity their ability to innovate both of those, put a bracket around those, both of those come from, from, from focus and from thinking time. And finally, viewing, viewing life, viewing business as an experiment. And prior to conducting the experiment, if you get those other three or four things right first, the experiment's got a better chance of success. View it as an experiment with the end result, with your vision. That's, that's the goal that you want. That's the vaccine, if you like. That's the goal that you want. That's the life vaccine. View that as the as a result and continue to experiment don't beat yourself up because just a result change the result and get a new result tomorrow if people bear those kind of think key key areas in mind i think that they're going to see some some rapid changes Michael, you're a legend. You're an inspiring example that you can be highly successful in business and entrepreneurship and live the happy and fulfilled life, bringing energy, heart and soul into the business like what you do. Keep shining your impactful light to the world, my man. Likewise. Thanks. Thanks, Brett. Good to see you. Talk to you, talk to you very soon. We're going to go on Instagram now, aren't we? We are, mate. There you go, legends. Mindset, creativity, 
innovation and viewing life as an experiment. What a genuine, authentic, inspirational, legendary human Michael is. Make sure you follow him online at michaeljacobsonofficial.com, which I've also linked in the show notes. Uh, You can check out his books, his TV shows, all of his one-on-one coaching and his other programs that he runs. And follow him on social media when on his Instagram, mostly active there, or uh, LinkedIn. And tag us both where you're listening to this episode and let us know what value you got from it. I love hearing what value you guys get from each episode. And it's really cool when you tag the guest too because he's given up his time and he doesn't know what, what you guys think of it. So it's really cool for both of us to understand what value you, you take from it. Also remember, I'm now taking on a limited amount of people with my one-on-one life performance coaching where we do the work on everything that's covered in this podcast to help set you up for personal fulfillment, personal resilience, personal success, for you to exceed your goals and visions and to help you enjoy every step of the way. You can read testimonials and more about the work that I do at brettrobbo.com or... As I said in the intro, if you are committed to taking action ASAP and not missing out on these limited spaces, email me or message me directly on social media to lock in a chat. We can just jump on the phone, even if you think, I'm not sure whether I'm ready for this or not. I think so, but I need to know more. I love having a chat. We can be in opposite ends of the world. We can have a chat on the phone through WhatsApp, Facebook, Messenger, Zoom, everything. That's what I do. I communicate with people all around the world in that way. And I would love to chat to you so we can discuss the best plan for you remember places are limited it's all done online so you can be based anywhere in the world info at brettrobbo.com if you want to email me there or find me on instagram or facebook and as always remember this is your life journey your life of impact